The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you guys for always tuning in to the show each and every week. I can't thank you enough for all the love and support that you've shown the sweet spot ever since we started. Um, You know, we went several months without having any sports of any kind. But now that the NBA playoffs has resumed, um, man, this has been super exciting. I didn't know really what to expect with not having any fans because that playoff atmosphere is so electric in the NBA when you have all the fans dressed in the same colors, same shirts, and they're all chanting together, you know, so it's been different from that standpoint, but the, the play on the court has still been the same. You're still getting uh, just that same intensity and the emotional uh, level that you enjoy seeing in any kind of uh, postseason play of any sport. But for the Denver Nuggets in the Utah Jazz Series, like this has been a classic battle. As we know, the Nuggets tied it up in game six to uh, send it to a game seven. I mean, this is a franchise that's playing in their third consecutive game seven because last year in the playoffs, they beat my Spurs in seven games, which was a a truly emotional heartbreaker uh, seeing my Spurs go down in seven against that good Nuggets team. And then Nuggets lost in the next round to the Portland Trailblazers in game seven. So here they are a year later. They find themselves again in another Game 7 situation, win or go home against this Utah Jazz team that's been phenomenal, led by Donovan Spider-Mitchell. We know how good he's been, uh, how he's raised his game in the NBA Bowl, along with Jamal Murray uh, of the Denver Nuggets. I mean, you know, I realized Jamal Murray was as good last year when they played my Spurs. I mean, this guy is a sharpshooter. It's like he doesn't miss and it was so frustrating because I knew he was good going into that going into that series, but had no clue he was on that level. Uh, so when I saw them last year going against San Antonio, it was so frustrating because I was like, how does he make these shots? How is he this good? I mean, when we think about sharpshooters, we think about Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, you know, guys of that magnitude. I mean, but to have Jamal Murray who is – really becoming a superstar. I think this NBA bubbles playoff experience has raised his status and his stature to superstar level. Like that's what he is. It's not all stars, not just a star. Like this dude is on a whole nother world right now. I mean, uh, just watching him play, it's been, you know, fantastic, especially with me not having a dog in a fight, San Antonio hasn't made the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs, I should say, uh, for the first time in, you know, 22 years. So just being able to watch good playoff basketball without being stressed out, without worrying and hoping, you know, we can win this series and, you know, you got to win four times. So uh, it's been, you know, it was disappointing when San Antonio was eliminated on the last day of the regular season. But at the same time, it's been refreshing just to be able to watch basketball and not really have a dog in the fight so I'm not worrying and, and tripping out whether we we lose or we win a game because my guys aren't in the game. So going back to Jamal Murray, I mean, this is a guy who's scored 50, 42, and 50 
in the last three games against the Jazz, shooting 62% from three-point on 22 of 35 shooting. Think about that. 22 of 35 shooting from three-point. And what you're about to hear is the audio from TNT as play-by-play announcer Brian Anderson and color analyst Chris Weber express their excitement and amazement in the daggers Jamal Murray hit to send this series to a Game 7. Shot-making ability of both Mitchell and Murray is off the charts right now. Step back three on the way. And he's got another one! Jamal Murray! Keeps it going here for the Nuggets. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Under a minute to go. Denver using some clock here. Jokic finding Murray. Murray, does he got another one in him? Oh, you bet he does. And that might be the dagger. Wow. Wow. Jamal Murray has been that dude, as they say. Um, and what's ironic is he didn't have a 40-point game during the regular season. So, He's having career games when his team needs him the most. So, you know, to me, when people look at, okay, how does he, you know, all of a sudden is he having this scoring output and this outburst uh, for the Denver Nuggets? Well, you have to kind of look at the way the team is structured. The Denver Nuggets, Milwaukee Bucks, and I would say the Los Angeles Clippers are three teams who have amazing and tremendous depth. I mean, they can throw so many different guys at you uh, depending on who they're playing and the lineup that's needed on the floor at that time. Um, So, you know, with Denver having that depth that I spoke about, well, they've been missing Will Barton and Gary Harris Jr. for several months now. Gary Harris Jr. just returned um, from his hip injury that he suffered. Uh, He hadn't played since March 11th until game six. Uh, where the Nuggets did beat the Jazz. So I know it was a uh, a pleasing moment to have Gary Harris Jr. back on the floor for that Denver Nuggets team, a guy that Mike Malone can trust to say, hey, we know when you're on the floor, you're going to give us a great effort, especially in the defensive end. I think right now if he gets any buckets, so they're considered bonus buckets because he hasn't played much. So you know, you know you're going to get his, uh, his, his hustle and his effort on the defensive end um, more than anything. And so not having Will Barton and Gary Hedge Jr. for so long, I mean, this these are guys who, you know, Will Barton averaged 15.7 points per game. Gary Harris Jr. averaged 10.4 points per game. So you're looking at 25 to 26 points per game that you've been missing in this series. So what's been the difference for the Denver Nuggets between the wins and losses for them uh, has really been – not having that supporting cast uh, play to up to par what's needed because we know what we're getting for from Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Murray is averaging 34 points in this series. Jokic is averaging 25. So you're looking at 59 points per game that between these two, which is half of the Nuggets scoring output as they've averaged 115 in the series. So 59 out of 115 coming from Murray and Jokic. So I'll tell you the difference in this series between the wins and losses for this Denver Nuggets team. It's really been Jeremy Grant. JG has been the key. He's been the X factor. In game one of a Nuggets win, Jeremy Grant had 19 points. Game five, a Nuggets win, he scored 13. And Michael Porter Jr. chipped in 15 in that game as well. And then game six, Jeremy Grant had 18 points. 
including four of seven from three points. So that's where the difference lies is, you know, the Nuggets are, they know what they're going to get with Murray and Jokic, just no question. I mean, these are two all-stars. Like I said, Murray is a superstar. Jokic is one of the best big men in the league. He can do everything, including shooting threes, which we've seen in this series. But I saw last year against my Spurs where, you know, Jokic uh, set a pick for Murray. Murray drives to the paint, and Jokic stays at the three-point line and drains and nothing but net. You know, he reminds me of a, a, a Mark Gasol in a way, a guy who can affect the the play for his team in so many different ways. And great passer, great, you know, low post scorer, somebody who can step out and shoot threes as well. So Jokic in a way reminds me of a Mark Gasol. And we know how great Mark Gasol was or has been during his career as he's currently with the Toronto Raptors. So to me, the, the Nuggets will need some help from their – role players I mean Torrey Craig has been he's an amazing defender you know we saw that uh that blow he took to the face in game six and he came back and still diving on the floor for balls and you know every team needs that kind of road dog or that kind of warrior for their team to you know do the dirty work because we know the guys who get all the praise but sometimes it's it's people like like I mentioned Torrey Craig uh Mason Plumlee another guy who who gets board after board after board, and especially on the offensive end, giving his Nuggets team second-chance opportunities. So um, we know what they're going to give in that regard, but they need more scoring. They need a third scorer, just like I mentioned with Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., he has to step up and do more. They need that if they're going to advance to the Western Conference semifinals. They need that third person who's going to show up and show out and be that difference maker for them because Murray and Jokic can only do so much. We've seen with, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's done so much. I mean, we look at um, guys like Damian Lillard, who the Blazers were, you know, bounced out by the Lakers recently, but your stars can only do so much. It's the role players who really make the difference when it comes to the playoff series. I mean, I think back of, you know, the Lakers uh, when they had Shaq and Kobe and, you know, Rick Fox, Brian Shaw, Derek Fisher, Robert Ori, it's not about Shaq and Kobe. We know Shaq and Kobe are going to get total for about 60 a game. We already know that. You can put them on the board for 60 between Kobe and Shaq. But you don't want the rest of the guys to get off. You can't have the rest of the role players. You can't have them going for 15 and 17 and, you know, because that's where the difference lies. I mean, I think about my Spurs when we lost the 2013 NBA Finals to the Miami Heat, and that game seven that we lost, Chris Bosh didn't score a single point. And he was supposed to be that third leg on that big three that Miami had with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. But he didn't score a single point, so how did the Spurs lose that game? Well, it was Shane Battier who had 18 points. I mean, this is a guy who hit six threes. So that's where the difference lies, not allowing these role players to get off and have big games and send you home. So that's exactly what the Nuggets need, though. They need that role player to step up and chip in and bring that 15 to 18 points to help them advance to the next round. Now, one player I haven't mentioned for the Denver Nuggets who's been missing, and he is getting paid way too much to be missing at the most important time for them uh, in the playoffs, and that's Paul Millsap. This is a guy who scored eight points, Five points, eight points, 16, four, and five. 
So in six games, he's averaging 7.7 points per game on 39% shooting. And this is the highest paid Denver Nugget, according to HoopsHype.com. He's making $30.3 million, which is the 20th best salary in the NBA. So this is a guy who is getting paid a whole bunch of money, the the most money on the team. He's shooting 39% for the field, 7.7 points per game. They can't have this. If, if Denver wants to advance, they need more of Paul Millsap because Jeremy Grant is a hard-nosed defender, good rebounder, but he's not necessarily a scorer. So you can't expect him to shoot four of seven from three every game. That's not going to happen. Um, so, of course, they need Grant and Michael Porter Jr. to step up, as I mentioned. But where is Paul Millsap? Where is this veteran? I mean, this is a guy who I had a conversation with my cousin Jeremy a couple years ago and, you know, asked him who he thought was the most underrated player in the league. And he said Paul Millsap. And I totally agree because Paul Millsap doesn't get the kind of respect, uh, you know, but he plays like an all-star. He is unstoppable. He could be unstoppable at times. But this year he's, he's not the same. He's 35 years old. Maybe he's starting to show a little bit in his age. I'd be interested to see if if uh, the Nuggets bring him back for another year because he's in the final year of his contract, which, of course, if they bring him back, it won't be anywhere near the $30 million that he's making this season. But, uh, I mean, for them to advance, they're going to need that third key player to give them 15 to 18 points, as I mentioned, because we know what we're going to get with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. So that's what the Nuggets need to do to win this game, to advance to the Western Conference semifinals. As far as the Jazz, I mean, we've seen the heroics by Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's really elevated his game in the NBA bubble during this restart in the NBA playoffs. Uh, but he was visibly upset after the game six loss. I mean, he was throwing things, knocking over treadmills as the team exited towards the locker room. I mean, there was a moment where late in the fourth quarter where Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley were seen arguing late in the uh, in the game there as the Nuggets started to pull away. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's a star. He has really been on a climb every single year since he's entered the league. But what's ironic is that in the 2017 NBA draft, the Jazz traded power forward Trey Lyles and the draft rights to the 24th overall pick, Tyler Lydon, out of Syracuse for the draft rights to the 13th overall pick, Donovan Mitchell from the Nuggets. So here we are where the Nuggets had the 13th pick. They send it to the Jazz for Trey Lyles and the 24th pick, uh, Tyler Lydon. And here it is. The Nuggets and Jazz are squaring off at each other. Mitchell gets an opportunity to uh, kind of close out the series against the team who had the opportunity to draft him, but they decided to send that pick to the Jazz, and the rest is history. But going back to Donovan Mitchell and how upset he was losing that game six where the the Nuggets trailed 3-1 in the series. The Denver won first game, the Jazz reeled out three straight, and, and here we are now as a tied series going into game seven. And listen to this audio from NBA.com as Donovan Mitchell shares some of his frustration and disappointment as they have now allowed the Denver Nuggets to send it to a winner-takes-all Game 7. You know, Jamal had his 50, um, but 
you know, he made passes and guys knocked down shots. When we got to be aggressive on, on the defensive end, we, they kind of were a little too comfortable. Even when we turned it up at that point as a scorer, he's going to get going. Um, but there are times, you know, credit to, to Jeremy Grant thinking about 18 20. That's a big boost for him, you know. Um, just got to respond. I really don't have much else to say right now, to be honest with you. That was the sounds of Donovan Mitchell in his Game 6 press conference coming from NBA.com as they now are looking at a final game of this first round matchup. And, you know, those who are NBA fans and follow the NBA all year, you knew like this was going to be a battle and it has not disappointed whatsoever as so far it's the only Game 7 matchup that we've seen so far in the first round. Uh, the Thunder Rockets have their game six matchup uh, later today. We'll see if that series will indeed reach a game seven. So Jazz Nuggets, one last game, Tuesday, 730 on ABC. Uh, I'm going to be super thrilled to watch this game. I mean, game sevens are so exciting, unless it's your team, because then it's super nerve wracking and uh, just some of my guys waiting on the edge of your seat for this game to start, especially when it's a late night game as this game um, is indeed. So, you know, this has been an excellent series. I'm so it's kind of sad to see it go away, but at the same time, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to see who pulls out on top. And so I am predicting the Denver Nuggets to win. That's my, that's my pick. I think they'll get it done. Uh, the Jazz, I think they have all of the – the pressure on them knowing they had a 3-1 lead and they should they're in a game seven situation something they should not be in this position uh, to begin with with having that kind of uh, strong call on the series early on so I th- I'm going with Denver I'm going to take Denver to win this game and it may not be a Jamal Murray 40-50 type night but uh, I'm expecting somebody one of those guys that I mentioned MPJ Jeremy Grant Gary Harris Jr. maybe Paul Millsap somebody to step up and provide that extra scoring punch that the Nuggets need to advance to play the Clippers. Stay tuned for more on this episode of The Sweet Spot. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Whether they're going back to school in person or online. If your child needs glasses, Denny Vision in downtown Dothan has a great special on kids' glasses starting from $99 for two pairs. That's right, from August 3rd through October 4th, get two pairs of kids' eyeglasses starting from just $99. Students can receive 20% off one pair of complete eyeglasses or 50% off two pairs. Save on back-to-school glasses at Denny Vision. Call 334-793-2633. That's 334-793. 23 Denny Vision, 151 East Main Street, downtown Dothan. See the difference. Hey, this is Alexis Milanowski for the Houston Academy Raiders. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As we touched on the Utah Jazz Denver Nuggets series that 
uh, is preparing to conclude their first round matchup. That same day, a new series kicked off. It was the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. And the Celtics came out the gate ready to play, preparing to send a message to these Toronto Raptors. Uh, this was the second meeting that these two teams have met in the bubble since the NBA restart. And the Raptors have not led for a second. I mean, if you think about that, this is two games against this team where they have not had a lead. You know, Boston went on to win game one in this series, 112 to 94. Jason Tatum, you know, we talk about the NBA restart and some of the players who have raised their game to a whole nother level. He is one indeed. I mean, he had 21 points uh, in this matchup, including, including, I should say, that third quarter buzzer beater that he hit on the baseline. I mean, he is really turning into a star before our eyes. Marcus Smart had 21 points, five of nine from three-point shooting. So we know Marcus Smart as a defender, uh, a straight grinded-out baller who each play he's going to give you his hardest uh, effort and, and just going to get into each ball handler on the opposing team. I mean, we've seen that rip that he had on Fred Van Vliet in the very first game that led to that windmill dunk by Robert Williams. Marcus Smart, if he's hitting threes like that, five threes, Toronto has no no chance. I mean, you don't expect him to hit threes like that every game, but if he can hit them consistently, consistently, I should say, I think that's going to be an issue for the Raptors. Kimball Walker had 18 points, 10 assists, which is actually a playoff career high. Um, you know, Kimba is a quiet star. I mean, we know what he's capable of doing. But he knows how to jail and fit with this Boston Celtics team. That's something Kyrie Urban uh, couldn't really do with Boston or uh, the other players. Tatum, Jalen Brown, we'll get on him for a second um, in a little bit. But, you know, Kyrie is a more of a number one guy who um, I think it was difficult for that young core at Boston to realize what or find out what their role is alongside a guy like Kyrie. So I think getting Kemba is really more beneficial for this Boston Celtics team led by Brad Stevens because Kemba knows how to take it when he needs to take it. He knows how to give it when it needs to be given and letting the other guys eat, um, as they like to say these days. So Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown had 17 points. Um, Marcus Smart at 21, as I mentioned. I mean, those four guys were the top four scorers in the game, not just for their team, but for the entire game. As we looked at the Toronto Raptors side, they had a, a very uh, rough uh, game one, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where Van Vliet only had 11 points on three of 16 shooting, uh, two, 11, two of 11 from three point. Siakam had 13 points. He had foul uh, trouble earlier in that game. He finished with 5 of 16 from the field. Ibaka was 4 of 10. Lowry did have 17 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. But uh, that's not going to get it done. You know, this is a a, uh, a small Boston Celtics team. That's kind of what I talked about early on when the NBA kicked off, that I wasn't quite sure how good they would be. Um, in the long run, just because they didn't have the size. 
But I, but nonetheless, I still had them as my number two best team in the East behind the Bucks, and they have so far proven me right because they are on a roll. I think they're going to be tough to beat in this series with Toronto. I mean, if you look at it, they have the two best players in the series with Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum. And you look at both teams, Toronto and Boston, those are the two best players on the court, Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum. Um, so, you know, Boston, I think they have an upper hand by far going into this series matchup. I do have Boston winning. Uh, I think going into it, it was kind of a um, one of those – kind of toss-ups because Toronto's very good as well. They have capable scores. They have a, a few solid pieces off the bench and Terrence Davis and Norman Powell and OD Ananobi and guys like that. But I don't think they have enough firepower to beat a team like Boston. I mean, Siakam is a good player, and you know he's been an all-star and all that. But to me, he's not the guy to lead Toronto over Boston. I don't think they'll be able to push past this Boston Celtics team. So I know it's only game one, and you can't get ahead of yourself, and I, and the series is far from over. Like game one doesn't really mean anything in a game seven, in a seven-game set, I should say. I mean, you look at the Magic, who beat the Bucks this year, uh, end up losing four straight. And you look at the Magic last year, who beat their, this Raptors team in game one and ended up not able to advance in that series as well. So – uh, game one is a starting point, but the beauty of the playoffs, uh, with it being the best four out of seven, having to beat the, uh, the same team four times is a tremendously difficult feat, especially against a really good team like this Toronto Raptors team. And Nick Nurse, who was named Coach of the Year, they're the defending NBA champions. They're going to be prepared and I'm sure they'll be making plenty of adjustments going into game two. So I don't expect this game to be another 112 to 94 type game as we saw in game one. But, uh, you know, like I said, Boston, they're, they're well coached with Brad Stevens. He's one of the best in the game. You know, I had a conversation or uh, a chat with me, my brother, Antoine, and my cousin Jeremy. We were texting, talking about some of the best coaches in the NBA. And you have to include Brad Stevens in there because he's done an excellent job, not only uh, what he's done with the Celtics, but going back to his days uh, with Butler in college where he led them to two straight national championship appearances. They lost to Duke one year. They lost to UConn the other year. Brad Stevens is it, it's funny because you kind of forget about him or you don't hear as much press like you once did when he first entered the league. But He's right there with the best of them. And, you know, he was a huge part of getting Gordon Hayward to come to Boston due to their relationship to Butler, or at Butler, I should say. Uh, but even dating back to his high school days when Gordon Hayward was in high school, you know, he said Brad Stevens was a guy who was always in his corner. So it was, you know, a foregone conclusion when Gordon Hayward was leaving Utah, entered free agency you knew without a doubt he was joining his former coach, Brad Stevens. So with Hayward being out right now, I think it actually, in a way, it it serves the Celtics better because it's one less guy who they have to concern about getting touches and getting shots. And we know how good a player Gordon Hayward is, but I think there's now a true pecking order with you know Tatum and Walker kind of being that 1A, 1B. Jalen Brown's going to get his as he um, 
goes with the flow of the game. And then a guy like Marcus Smart, who if they leave him open, he can hit those threes. I mean, he's not a three-point shooter, but he can hit some uh, given the opportunity. So I think this is going to be a super exciting matchup. I don't expect it to be a sweep by any means. I think uh, I could see Boston winning this series in six. But, you know, it's just two really good teams who are going to leave it all on the line every single time they meet up on the floor. Um, but I think Boston will indeed win this series in advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. It's time for today's Triple C segment, and this is what I want to share with you today. Trust God's outcome, not your own. I think a lot of times when we are looking for that next step on what to do next, you know, we already know the end result. We know exactly how he wanted to play out. But if we trust God first and ask that God's will be done and trust that whatever comes out of that is what's best for us, I think we'll be at peace regardless of what happens. Because in our minds, we've already figured it out. We know exactly how we want it to go from A to Z. But then we set ourselves up for disappointment if it doesn't go the way that we have prayed and asked God for So if we remember to trust God's outcome, let his will be done because he knows what's best for us every step of the way. Everything will be better for us in the end. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.